This is very much a status garden. You don't have a garden like this in California unless you have great wealth. I think the first question those people asked is the same question we hear most often today. The hell is this? It's so foreign, even if you don't know anything about gardening, people know this thing did just not spring up by itself. It just doesn't belong out here. Stanford University has a cactus garden. It's hard to get to if you don't know where it is, and if you do find it, it's probably by accident. I didn't grow up with cacti, cactuses, cacti, and I'm pretty sure they don't belong here either. So when I first saw it, I was flabbergasted. So I think people would be flabbergasted. There's a restoration project of the garden underway, but to me, it doesn't look like it needs to be restored. So I've been working on this project all your life. (laughs) But I have a question. Restoring the garden to what or to when? Why would such a garden exist in the first place? The cactus garden is one of the oldest parts of all of campus, and it's seen many different uses in its 135 years, each with their perks, but also with their downsides. The Stanfords are, in their day and age, they're movers and shakers. They're rock stars. Before the name Stanford meant university, it meant captain of industry, robber baron, governor, and senator. Before their son died, Leland and Jane Stanford intended to develop this land into their country estate. So this garden got put in by 1883, most likely went in in 1882. This is Julie, former librarian. She led the restoration project back when it began, and she still works on the garden today. Uh, My name is Julie Kane. I work for Stanford University. I've actually been here since 1978. Uh, My current job is to work as a historian and historic preservation planner, and I've been involved with helping to restore this garden since 1998. In order to create the garden, Leland Stanford hired Rudolf Ulrich, a famous garden designer of the Gilded Age. He did the Arizona Garden at Hotel Del Monte in Monterey. Which was the first of its kind on the West Coast. People just went crazy. Oh my God, you've never seen anything like this. And people who came from back east were just blown away. These plants came from the Sonoran Desert. And that's because Ulrich was sent out on a train with Chinese workers and buckboards and horses. And he literally went out into the desert to collect. But back then, if you were a horticulturalist, you didn't go to Home Depot. In order for Ulrich to, frankly, tear plants from their native habitats, the Stanfords gave him his own locomotive to work with and literally laid track for it. Not even the most wealthy families could afford to provide these resources to a gardener. But when you own the actual railroad... I am Christy Smith, and I am the Arizona Garden Coordinator. These kind of plants are rare plants that are being grown, you know, under glass, in greenhouses, coal-fired greenhouses, steam-heated greenhouses. They're not just things that grow outdoors in the ground. So my guess is that Leland Stanford would take a friend out, look at all this cool stuff I've had. The Stanfords had used their money to create an opulent display of immense beauty and rarity. One of the things I always get asked is, why are there no labels? This was a gentleman's private garden. The person whose plants they were knew what they were, and that was part of the status, right? It wasn't really to educate the public. It was, you knew what they were, because they were yours. You have to get into the mindset of the Gilded Age. It's all about being ostentatious and being wealthy and being powerful. 
And these are not necessarily negative images at the time. And what we think about the Gilded Age and what people thought about it then could well be two different things. The garden is beautiful, and I'm not denying that. It has aesthetic and natural value, and it's doubtful that it could have been created during any other time period. The combination of extreme wealth, the desire to show it off, and the ability to scavenge rare plants from the wilderness, which would be frowned upon today, established the spectacle of a space. While we sit in the garden, Julie reads me a poem she discovered in a 1923 student publication. With benches scattered here and there, the scent of cactus in the air, immune from steady toil and care, the cactus garden lies. Tis there, in sheltered dark retreat, two hearts begin as one to beat. Experience helps him to repeat those cactus garden lies. In 1926, Stanford University was 35 years old. The garden had been around for 10 years before that. But that was the year the garden was abandoned. As it slowly fell into ruin, students claimed it for their own. The way students will. Well, we've had an awful lot of people give us too much information and confess that, yes, they came and made out in the garden. I had one woman say, I'm pretty sure I can see my daughter out there. I looked at Julie. She noticed me struggling with the image of prickly, if not dangerous, fornication. Why would they come here? This was your official come here and make out. So did everyone use it? There used to be a term for Stanford students who did not pay attention to their studies, and that was queeners. And uh, it seems like an odd term, and it seems very specific to Stanford, but if you were a young Stanford student and you were not paying attention to your studies and you were more interested in chasing girls, you were actually known as a queener. You have to wonder, how would the Stanfords have felt about students making out in their status garden? I think they would have hated that, especially Mrs. Stanford, who seems to have been somewhat of a prude. Stanford was as secure as a Catholic girls' school in the middle of a forest. Virginia was a Stanford student during the time that students laid claim to the garden. Hello, my name is Virginia Walbett, and I'm a professor at Stanford University in the biology department. And I also am an alum of Stanford, class of 67. So I know something about the campus from what are seemed like the dark ages. She was one student who frequented the cactus garden. And I, I suspect I was there within the first month of being a Stanford student. I think we were there till well after dark. And it was also kind of a hangout place. So um, other people were there. It was completely private. Even in my time, um, men were not allowed at all into women's dormitories. And there were really strict rules about, um, like women, if you left your dorm after dinner time, you had to sign out and you had to give a location. So you could sign out to the cactus garden. People who were dating would go to the cactus garden, um, you know, to talk or whatever. <laughs> the students turned the cactus garden into a rather pokey, scandalous makeout spot. The university was not happy about this, but they didn't do anything. They didn't even maintain the garden. During this time period, the garden was falling into ruin, despite its social life. They were able to rest restore 
almost everything that had been in the original garden. They were able to restore everything in the original garden. Or at least, they were able to restore the plants and how it looked. But when? What time period and purpose has the garden been restored to? So when I first saw the garden, my first reaction was, it's an ugly little spud of a garden. <laughs> it had been pretty much neglected since 1926, and it, it was pitiful. I think I only visited the cactus garden once or twice until the renovation. So maybe once within a few years of getting back, it was really bad. And went maybe 10 years later, it was worse. And then the rejuvenation of it started, and I visited when that was completed. And it was like, wow, you know, this place is awesome. So it's just, you know, it's beautiful. Um, I, I kind of prefer it now because you feel like you've entered another world. It seems cut off in a positive way. Walking around the garden, I see an immense variety of cactuses? Cacti? Whatever. Some tall and majestic, others short and plump, like pincushions. A few look like flexible, tubular snakes, having climbed and corkscrewed into fanciful shapes. It's a freeze frame of unnatural splendor from the Gilded Age. I could imagine Leland and Jane Stanford walking out from behind one of the towering cacti. Instead, runners in Nike shoes and windbreakers run past every once in a while. While the garden has its visitors, it seems to lack a defined purpose. It's a shame. The restoration was excellently performed. The garden is a wacky, unusual, and gorgeous place on campus. It's so nice that I feel like something's about to happen with it, that it's waiting to be discovered. Now that it's no longer falling into ruin, cleaners could return, or students could come out to do work or put on productions, or simply enjoy a real place that has survived, changed, and continues to grow.